Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about The Green Inferno from 2013. Directed by Eli Roth, written by Eli Roth and Guillermo Amoedo, starring Lorenza Izzo, Ariel Levy, Nicholas Martinez, and Sky Ferreira. This movie is about a group of college students trying to stop deforestation in the Amazon, and they get stranded in the jungle among hostile natives. We watched this movie with friends and listeners using the Netflix party feature of Netflix, um, which was a ton of fun. We had narrowed it down to a few movies for our Discord friends, and this is what y'all chose. So uh, we had a great time with all of you, and we hope you uh, hope we do you justice with this uh, this episode. I think this was a, a movie, Ashwin, I think you put it best after we had ended the Netflix party that this. I was really glad we uh, watched this as a group. Oh man, totally. I my expectations were so like low going into this just because uh, Eli Roth's like his his reputation and everything. I, I just thought it'd be like a really torture heavy uh, film, but yeah, it was, it was really fun to watch like in a group with people. Yeah, and talk about it. Yeah, and I think uh, if we had watched it alone, this would be a very different episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, before we get going, I want to give a shout out to. Uh, Three of the people who are on the Netflix party have their own movie podcasts. Um, Whitney's got Lights, Camera, No. Very, very funny uh, show. And we joined for an episode of that on Final Destination. So go check them out. Uh, the Blood Buddies have also got a great show. They've been going for, gosh, I think long. They've they've had a show longer than us. Okay. And uh, Ash, I don't know if you know this, but Blake started a podcast with his friends called uh, Midweek Matinee. Oh, that's awesome. Is yeah, it, it's really good. They have really good discussions. They just probably are like three episodes in as we're recording this. It's a solid show. Cool. And they review like all types of movies or a specific? Tour? All types, yeah. Oh, cool. It's awesome. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So check out those podcasts. Uh, great folks, great shows. Um, yeah. But about this movie, uh, oh, warning maybe. This is one of our grosser episodes probably. So if you're eating or just feel like you can't hang, maybe <laughs> postpone this one. We did have somebody drop off. At least one person dropped off at the Netflix party. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it got like really gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Eli Roth was inspired and heavily influenced by cannibal movies such as Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Paradox, Cannibal Apocalypse. Have you seen any of those, Ash? No, I haven't. Have you? I watched like two thirds of Cannibal Holocaust the other day. Oh, interesting. How was and it? And just. You know, it was a spectacle. Yeah. Like, it's hard to say I liked it, but um, it was an interesting <laughs> experience. <laughs> it was an experience. I, I heard that movie's been banned in a few countries, or it was at least. Yeah, I mean, it's just as gory as this, but mean-spirited kind of. Oh, okay. Um, and they do actual violence to animals on camera, which is oh. hard to watch. Yeah, someone was telling me that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And that's like from the 70s or 80s? Cannibal Holocaust is from 1980, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's on Shutter right now. Hmm, all right. In case someone's looking for an experience. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is an experience. Like, it is a prime example of, like, an exploitation movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Eli Roth, reputation for gore between this and Hostel and Cabin Fever. And I've still never seen Hostel. I haven't either. I, was, I think I've only seen Cabin Fever and uh, this one. Have you seen any of his other stuff? No, just, yeah, just this and Cabin Fever. 
Yeah. He's got some um, recent ones that aren't horror. Oh, like what? Um, well, he's got one called Death Wish that I don't think was horror. Maybe I'm wrong on that. And then he had one called, although it did sound kind of horror-ish, mm-hmm. Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves that was kind of like a thriller. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and actually, uh, Lorenza Izzo is in that. Oh, okay. And she she was his wife, I think, for a while, right? Yeah, 2014 to 2018. So, like, probably right after this movie, because this was 2013. Uh, yeah. Yep, I'm right. sure they met on this. I would guess they met for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He did The House with the Clock in its Walls, too, with uh, Jack Black. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's really interesting. And then he's, like, kind of an actor, I guess, sometimes. Uh, yeah, he in, like, like he was in, uh, yep, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, the, the, I guess he did the man with the iron fist too. That's, that's kind of crazy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It seems like he's veering into some non-horror stuff. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like he's a, a polarizing director, writer. Uh, I, I know like some yeah. people on, on the discord server and, and like during the movie, uh, weren't like thrilled to be watching an Eli Roth film. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I listened to an interview with him and I couldn't decide if I like really liked him or really didn't like him. Oh, really? Is he kind of like full of himself or? I don't know. He's just like pretty openly opinionated. Um, yeah. He talked about this movie coming about, like part of the script came about for his distaste for what he called slacktivists or like social social justice uh, warriors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he made some decent points and stuff, but yeah. Um, he was like, basically, I wanted to see those type of people get eaten. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like uh, that's also a sense I get from Cabin Fever and from this film. Like he's he's got a lot of opinions and like uses these films to kind of be on the nose about uh, trolling these groups. Uh, like in, in Cabin Fever, it felt like he was trolling, uh, you know, like college kids or something, uh, or like Spring Breakers that type of vibe. And in, yeah. in this one, it's like yeah, these slacktivists. <laughs> it's a funny term. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he's an interesting filmmaker, that's for sure. And I think we both liked Cabin Fever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, and then uh, I, I guess if people, like, I, I feel like with Hostel, uh, all I know about it is it's, it sounds like it's a lot of torture porn. Do you think Cabin Fever... Oh, I thought you had seen Hostel. No, I haven't seen Hostel. All right, we need to get to that one. Yeah, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we've proven that we like gore more than we... I've always... You've been a bit more vocal about not being into gore, but yeah, you like some of these gory movies, man. Yeah, I do. Really? I think so. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm finding something out about myself. Uh, yeah. But like, uh, you know, a hostel I got, I think, has that torture porn um, vibe to it. Did you feel like Cabin Fever and Green Inferno have that reputation too or not as much? Um, Green Inferno, I don't, th- I never thought of it as like torture. I just knew it was like gross. Hmm. Okay. Um, cabin fever. Yeah. Same. No yeah. torture. Just gross. Um, and yeah, this was, uh, this was actually filmed in the Amazon. It sounded like it was pretty harsh conditions. Yeah. And they use like real villagers, I think. Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> they had to like explain to them what a movie was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I feel like most directors or something would probably just hire out a crew and, and do their like a cast of people or extras. So it's, it's kind of cool. They went to like on location and hired like local people. Yeah, I think that was a thing he was passionate about. Like, and I think that was something that compelled him about those cannibal movies is that they were really shot in like remote places. And he's like, people don't make movies like that anymore. Like, I just want to go out there and yeah, and do it. Yeah, yeah, right. And he did it. Um, 
and it was cool like it looked good it was pretty it was yeah yeah actually i like the lighting the colors everything like yeah it was the cinematography was pretty good yeah and i will admit and i'll shout out brian from the blood buddies i would i was so absorbed in like some of the stupidity of the of the plot <laughs> and the over the topness of what was happening that i wouldn't have even noticed had he not called it out he was yeah. basically like you gotta admit this is like a good looking movie yeah yeah right well produced yeah um, did you read it all about like the controversy, um, that like, uh, people were saying like this film kind of propagates ideas of colonialism and like the, uh, indigenous people being savages. Uh, did you see that? I didn't see that. No, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, th- I think you got some flack. I mean, obviously some group is going to get upset. And then, uh, Eli Roth tried to justify it by saying that, look, people are going to go into the Amazon anyway and, like, after these resources, I don't see how, like, this movie is going to, like, change that at all. Which, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I feel about, like, that retort. I mean, I feel like there are a bunch of ways he could have defended it, but that one to say it's going to, like, g- get ruined anyway by corporations, uh, it felt like a funny uh, retort. Yeah, he's not the most, like, emotionally intelligent. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's not tiptoeing around anybody, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's kind of like a Quentin Tarantino in that way? I feel, I feel like they both. He's also like very vocal, and just like maybe, out there, right? Maybe a little bit, yeah. And I feel like they're friends, maybe. Like I think so. They've done some overlapping work. Like I think uh, I want to say Eli Roth did one of the trailers in. Um, yeah, Grindhouse. Grindhouse, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, he was in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and I think uh, Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of like uh, Cabin Fever and some of this guy's work. Right, and they both seem to have this taste for like grindhousey exploitation type movies. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the genre. This kind of goes in. Yeah, dude. Um, I was glad to finally watch this because I don't know if this pops up for other people as much as it pops up for me on the internet. But you know, at the bottom of an article, they've got all the clickbait. Yeah. One of the like common ones I see. Obviously, they're always like slightly differently worded titles, but it's like Mm -hmm. 10 movies people couldn't finish or whatever. Yeah. And the image on those articles is so often uh, Lorenza Izzo in the white paint with the red like streak across her eyes. Yeah, yeah. With the college t-shirt. No. Well, the one I'm thinking of is when she's in like the full body paint. Oh, oh, okay. With the like red band painted across her eyes like she's Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that, yeah, that seems like a really f- uh, familiar image. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So it was, it was fun for me to finally watch this movie. <laughs> oh, that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I only learned recently that that's where it came from. Oh, okay, okay. Is but this, it was fun to finally see the source. Does this movie make a lot of lists like that? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. I mean, it should. It's weird, guy. I never heard of it before. Uh, you know, you put it out there as one of the movies for us to watch for this. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I was totally, totally in the dark. I, I, I just assumed it was the same thing as like the Green Lantern or something. <laughs> I guess it's different. There's a lot of movie titles, The Green Something. Yeah, The Green Mile, The Green Book. The Green, green Room. <laughs> yeah, Green Room. Yeah, yeah totally. Green um, Day as a band. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, it's a gross movie, and we've talked a lot about how some of the gorier movies we've watched go back and forth to the MPAA and get a lot of cuts. Mm-hmm. It sounds like this movie was not cut at all. <laughs> well, isn't there, like, an, a rated version and an unrated version? 
I don't know. I didn't see that. I admittedly didn't look. Yeah. But he told me, he told me. <laughs> Eli. <laughs> I'm getting a little loopy. <laughs> yeah. I listened to an interview with him the other day and he said that it, uh, they didn't cut anything. Damn. That's impressive. Or at least that's what he insinuated. Maybe, uh, maybe there was a minor cut, but. Yeah. He said instead what they did was added a new word to like the description. Oh. Called it abhorrent violence. I see. Yep. Yeah. And then <laughs> rather than like mess with the ratings, they just put that term yeah, on Yeah. He was like, it sounded like he like maybe um, did some like schmoozing with them and was like, hey, look, like when people see my name, they expect like yeah. gruesome violence. Like that's what this movie is like hinged upon. Right, right. So I think they they worked with him a little bit. That's impressive. I mean, that that, that is so like totally his brand. I mean, that's that's what people know him by. Yeah, like, that's interesting. They they gave in to him. Yeah, and yeah, it's so interesting. I was reading about this today. A movie doesn't need to be rated. It's just that most theaters, it sounds like, won't necessarily accept an unrated movie. Oh, that's up to like the theater. I think so. Yeah. But a movie doesn't legally need to be rated by the MPAA. Oh, cool. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I imagine uh, a lot of indie films uh, probably don't like put themselves through the process of getting a rating. Right, exactly. Probably doesn't make sense. Probably I remember, kind of... Oh, do you Go remember ahead. like a, a day where like if a film was unrated, it's like, like I feel like as a kid I would seek those movies out because like you feel like there's a good chance there's like nudity or something and that's why it's Right, like, there was like American Pie unrated. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm no longer a horny teenager. <laughs> I know. Oh, the days. <laughs> uh, it's really interesting to see Sky Friera in this. Or, uh, yeah, Sky. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> it's actually Ski. Oh, Ski Friera, yeah. <laughs> is, is that Swedish or something? Or? <laughs> no, I don't know. I assume it's Sky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've always heard her name, but never had heard her music until like an hour ago. I put on <laughs> yeah. one of her songs. Did you listen to like Everything is Embarrassing or something? Yeah, yeah. It sounded yeah. exactly how I thought it would sound. Yeah, yeah. Like indie hipster Madonna. Right, exactly. Uh, and it's weird because that song came out like, uh, I want to say like almost seven, six, seven years ago. And, and she hasn't like done much since. Um, and oh, I, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and then, but it sounds like she's got like some like random film credits. She was also in Baby Driver, which I need to go back and see because I don't I don't remember seeing her in there. Oh, okay. But, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, all right, man. Anything else before I drop our Ohio connection, courtesy of our friend Alex? Um, one thing, uh, cannibal films. Uh, would you put them in the same genre as zombie films, since they both are kind of have the same goal? They're just going around eating people or trying to. <laughs> No, no, man. It's it's so different. Such a different vibe. Uh, how so? (laughs) 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 One is more kind of like orchestrated or cultural versus the other one. Well, like, yeah, I mean, like zombies are shuffling monsters without thought. Uh, Yeah. Easy to outsmart. And cannibals are people. And usually the cannibalism subgenre implies that you're in some like culture that has not seen that is like unknown to man yeah yeah that makes sense yeah like some some group that hasn't been like discovered yet or something yeah and it, then it itself becomes like an exploitation movie because it it's like so offensive that there's this 
yeah. It's kind of even just like a racist premise. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I guess zombies aren't really racist. Yeah, I mean, like, think about, like, a zombie land. Like, there's never going to be a big budget, like, big box office hit that's a cannibal movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now they said that. That'd be really interesting to see. It's such a taboo, and I feel like zombies are just a way, like, a workaround of that ta- taboo. Right. Yeah, yeah, you get, like, kind of a similar vibe, uh, but minus all the cultural or the exploitation stuff. Okay, yeah. I'll buy it. That sounds all good. Right. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think Alex gave us a couple. So, Alex's words. Uh, there is or was a stoner doom metal band from Columbus, Ohio called Weed Demon. Their 2015 EP, Stone to Death, featured a song titled Green Inferno. Oh, Based cool. on everything I know about the band, which is not much, the Green Inferno they speak about is an homage to marijuana. <laughs> and I looked that up. There's a strain of marijuana called Green Inferno. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what was the name of the band? Weed? Weed Demon. Weed Demon. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, he gave another one too, but I like that last one better, so I will yeah. I will cut that off. And Jukebox run or Jukebox. God, what is wrong with me tonight? <laughs> Alex runs uh, the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in uh, the Ohio City neighborhood of Cleveland, so once quarantine is over, go check it out. And until then, he does uh, drive up beer and wine, so go get yourself something to drink. Safely. For sure. Uh, okay, man. Anything else? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, cool. Well, if you haven't seen this movie, everybody, we're going to start doing some spoilers, so heads up for that. But uh, before we do that, Ash, do you mind holding on a second? I'm, I'm feeling kind of sick, actually. I think I need to use the restroom. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. I'll be right back. All right. All right, man, I'm back. Hey, you feeling any better? Yeah, but uh, as you know, um, I record in my closet, and I I couldn't get the closet door open. It was coming, so I just I had to go in here. You just just squatted. (laughs) (laughs) Squat went to a slightly different area of the closet, about two feet away, and nice. Oh man, that was such a random. There's so many random scenes in this movie. I, I think that kind of what gives a lot of character. Yeah, I mean those. I think those scenes like made me happy because it was like, all right, this movie knows exactly how over the top it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Kind that of and, uh, it. There's one other scene that was just another big WTF moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I look forward to talking about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad my closet joke wasn't about that. <laughs> You're uh, feeling okay. really stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just in order to do the rest of the show better, I need yeah. a break. <laughs> Clearly, I couldn't get my words straight. Um, okay, so this movie is about a college student named Justine, played by Lorenza Izzo, and she becomes interested in an activist group at her school that's going to the Amazon to stop deforestation. I think what initially piqued her interest was learning about female genital mutilation that happens amongst some cultures in the Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, 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 there's so many causes like thrown uh, in the beginning. Like the, it opens with a group of people protesting for health benefits. Then she's in a class where they're talking about female mutiliza- uh, mutilation. 
and then and then they're talking about like the Amazon being cut down. It's just like this whole like slur of like uh, all these different causes just coming up in, like the first yeah. ten minutes. I've like given myself the giggles here in my closet because I, what I typed was female genital mitigation. <laughs> <laughs> Mitigation instead of mutilation. <laughs> yeah, gotta nice. gotta mitigate those genitals. <laughs> you gotta do that every day. <laughs> oh uh, man, that really got me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hopefully yeah. I can keep going here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I wasn't totally sure how that was connected. But anyway, I, I do. Do you think that was maybe like his goal, like to? So, like, just how confused these, like, freshman college people are, and they'll just, like, buy into, like, any idea, like, not even really understanding what's behind it. Yeah, that was the criticism of, like, the social justice warrior thing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, also, Justine's father happens to be a lawyer for the UN, which comes into play later. Um, Anash, I think we were kind of chatting it up with the, uh, the group on the Netflix party that this whole, like, backstory, like first act was pretty bad yeah <laughs> like silly dialogue etc yeah i know i know we said that uh but then like i was thinking about it and i mean admittedly i haven't hung out with like too many freshmen lately uh and that's on me you know but uh <laughs> i and like it was was there a dialogue like it, it was really bad but i, I imagine it, it could have been similar to like how freshmen actually talk today I, I don't uh know. yeah yeah you know i mean i'd be interested to rewatch that it, Knowing that, uh, just knowing what the rest of the movie was, I'd be interested to go back and watch that again. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could have actually been like, wow, these people are just really dumb and shallow, or this is yeah. pretty vapid. Dude, it's, as a married man, it's probably best that you're not hanging out with a bunch of college freshmen because <laughs> think of all the genitalia you'd have to mitigate. <laughs> There's so much mitigation going on. <laughs> uh, one important thing they keep noting or alluding to here is that. <laughs> Uh, Justine has this flute necklace, like a necklace with a little tiny flute on it. Right. Um, and Whitney made it a point to type in all caps, the flute necklace, every time we saw that flute necklace, which was like a thousand <laughs> times. Yeah. Somehow I kept missing it. But <laughs> you yeah. kept missing it. <laughs> I never saw it. Dude, it's hard on the Netflix part, especially like when you're hosting yeah. to watch the movie and type with everyone and like you want to make jokes and yeah yeah right um it's like a mystery science theater type thing exactly yeah yeah which is why like i we had narrowed it down to movies we had either seen or this which we were like this movie's gonna be so ridiculous it's not gonna matter right if we miss some things yeah yeah you don't have to pay full attention but little did we know how important this flute necklace would be <laughs> yeah exactly and even like uh, her dad mentions it right when they're sitting at a they like to have lunch He's like, yeah, oh, you should yep. keep playing the flute or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she joins this crew on a trip to the Amazon, and they're going to chain themselves to trees and stop this company from deforestation and videotape the whole thing on their phones and hope it goes viral and stops the company. Um, <laughs> and Blake had a really funny joke here to me that was, I'm just going to like call out some of the moments where people made me laugh. <laughs> And he had seen, he was one of the few people that had seen this movie before, and he was like, Sky Ferreira gets eaten back at college and all these people are fine. (laughs) Yeah. I know, she just kind of like left there. Yeah, she was in, she was like not in the movie anymore after that first 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, kind of a waste. Um, 
and I haven't mentioned it yet, but this whole expedition is led by this, like the leader of this activist group is Alejandro, who we think of as being like the most hardcore of them and seems really self-righteous and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when they get drawn, guns drawn them as drawn on them as they chain themselves to these trees, we learn that he's basically used her so he could say like, hey, like her father works for the UN, what are you doing? So he's essentially used her for leverage and probably publicity. Yeah. Yep. And it works, and they succeed, and the company does not move forward cutting down the trees on this specific plot of land. They're on this tiny plane out of there, and they rejoice as they see that the footage has gone viral and is all over the internet now. But Justine's, like, just feeling dejected and feeling used, so she's not not celebrating with everybody. Yep. Um, and this is where I started to like identify with Justine a bit, like the backstory. I was just like, I don't care about this girl. But as the movie yeah. went on, I, I cared more and more about her. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for me it was a little bit later. But yeah, I guess yeah. at this point, uh, you're kind of realizing that she was kind of led on by this group. and, and Yeah, she was them. a bit humanized here. Yeah, sure. Um, this plane crashes, and there are a good chunk of gory deaths, which was fun for everybody <laughs> in the Netflix party. Yeah. And it's just like uh, like accumulating a body count at this point, like just people like randomly like getting killed, like walking. It was in pretty propellers. impressive, and I appreciated yeah. his like uh, skill for these action, like horror action sequences. Here. Yeah, yeah. Like it was pretty exciting and paced well. Yeah, you're right. It was uh, almost like the oh the choreography of these kills were like really good. Like uh, yeah, the, the the pacing, how like sudden it happens, uh, people just like walking into like uh, the, the the propellers. It was kind of like absurd, but like really well timed. Yeah, it almost um, reminded me of Dead Alive in that sense. Like, oh, kind of really over the top. well choreographed, over the top gore. Yeah, action yeah. sequences. Yeah, right. Um, one of my favorites was like the girl gets an arrow through her neck, and someone's like, "It's gonna be okay," and then she gets an arrow right through the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, pretty yeah, it was just paced really well. It was an effective scene. Mm-hmm. So the few people who survive are captured by this tribe who, um, is like everybody in the tribe has their entire bodies painted red, um, various body modifications too, I think. And they're like bringing these people to their village or whatever. And just like their hands are all over them. They're all touching them. And then the... I don't know if it's a village elder or what who's like sizing all of them up and like walking up to them and touching their faces, um, which is where Wilson gave me the giggles. He was like, so what's your major? <laughs> yeah. It's a standard Q&A. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jonah, we don't really like anybody, I, I don't think, as the viewer, except for Justine and this other dude, Jonah, who's mm-hmm. just been like the most pure and likable of all these people. Um, and he is unfortunately the first to die, which I don't think knowing Eli Roth was probably no accident. And and this is like the goriest scene, right? This probably, I don't think it got much gorier than this. Yeah. Yeah. He's still alive as they start to eat him. So they cut out his tongue and eat it. They cut out his eyes and eat them. And they just like slowly dismember him and you see everything. Like yeah, every limb from the point of like the knife first touching it to when it comes off and yeah. He's cooked and passed around, and they all eat him, and everybody just has to sit there in this like bamboo cage that they're in and watch. Yeah, this is pretty hard gross. To, hard to watch this this scene. 
Yeah. So then they're all just kind of trapped in here knowing, like, assuming what their face is. And at one point, uh, Amy, one of the characters, just is like, oh, God. And, like, they're in this small cage, so she just goes to the other side of the cage and has diarrhea. (laughs) That wasn't explained at all, right? It was just she had diarrhea. No, no. Yeah. It was just an extended shot of her face and these fart, like, poop noises. And her, (laughs) her face was pretty hilarious and then these kids like uh, laughing right while yeah she's... all the kids are laughing at her yeah <laughs> so her face was like in between like pleasure and pain <laughs> and shame yeah but it's also like such a realistic thing to happen uh if yeah someone's travel diarrhea right. yeah yeah totally. and she's nervous yeah right it's a stressful situation <laughs> yeah so as they're all sitting there in this cage alejandro as things progress just becomes more and more of an it just becomes more plain how big of an asshole he is the leader of this activist group so he admits he was paid by a rival company who wanted to slow down the progress so that they could be the first to like cut down the trees yeah i can't remember what they wanted this land for but something yeah something like that uh he's he's kind of like a realist though right like because you had these college kids who were trying to like save the world and save the planet where like Alejandro is like this uh, realistic, like corporate bot, like guy who's like, yo, like this is gonna happen anyway, so I'm just gonna play this to my benefit. Right. He was like, now we have more money for like our next cause. Right. Um, it's kind of a clash of ideologies. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, at one point, they take all the ladies out of the cage and probe their crotches to see if they're virgins or not, and they realize Justine is, and they kind of paint her up a bit and prep her for some sort of ceremony and return her to the cage. At one point, they're all fed meat that turns out to be their friend. Mm -hmm. And one of the women, (laughs) who is a vegan and, like, is reluctantly eating this meat, when she realizes this, that it's a person, she smashes the plate and slits her own throat with one of the shards from the plate. (laughs) That was kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. (laughs) Joseph said she was the most vegan person he'd ever seen. That was very ridiculous. Yeah. Very silly. Yep. And then what happens next is even sillier. They stuff, (laughs) one of the guys has, still has weed on his person, so they stuff weed into her body because they know she'll be eaten by the tribe. Yeah. (laughs) And so are there any doubts about this movie knowing it was silly? Like, we get it at this point. Yeah, it just kind of keeps amping the silliness up. (laughs) Yeah. And so this is how Justine and Daniel eventually escape. Daniel's one of the other random dudes. All the uh, tribesmen are high and like giggling and not and out of it. So they escape the cage. And one of the other dudes is trying to escape as well. But Alejandro like pokes him with a tranquilizer dart because he's like, if it's only me, I know I'm getting eaten. Like I need somebody else in here with me. Mm-hmm. Again, being an asshole. Totally. Uh, um, this escape is foiled somehow and they're recaptured they uh, kill daniel yeah oh i was, I was gonna uh, say go uh, ahead did i miss something important yeah something really important uh alejandro uh some of his survival skills i think happened oh before this oh my gosh how did i miss this we even alluded to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so there's a scene where everyone's trying to decide what to do while they're in this bamboo cage it was probably like 20 minutes ago from where i am in the plot <laughs> And they look over at Alejandro and he's just masturbating. <laughs> I think we hear like this, like th- that noise, right? Like the slapping. Yeah, we hear the noise of him masturbating first <laughs> and then they all look over. 
And he's like, I'm stressed out. I'm like, we can't make clear decisions if we're stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This will release tension and we'll make better decisions. You guys should do it too. <laughs> Which is just another like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is bonkers. <laughs> yeah. The movie revealing herself, itself for how silly it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they kill Daniel and they are like full body painting Justine, like preparing to mitigate her genitalia. Um, but she ends up, there's this boy who's been fascinated with her flute necklace the whole time. And she like play, he approaches the cage and she plays it for him and he lets her out. So she's running away. And then I think she comes upon, or like eventually this company comes back. Right. And they've got this like hired militia. Yeah. Yep. And they're basically like in this battle then with the tribe and the, they're just mowing down the tribe with machine guns. Mm-hmm. And Justine's basically like, hey, wait, I'm an American citizen. And she gets flown out of there. Um, and then the movie essentially ends with her back home being interviewed and lying and saying, like, the tribe took her and took good care of her and all of her friends died in the plane crash. Yeah, which which I didn't quite understand uh, why she did that to you. I think it was maybe just like the horror she felt at seeing the tribe like mowed down like that yeah and maybe the boy like helping her escape that she was just like it's better if we just like leave this be oh yeah like knowing like if i say what happened this whole tribe's gonna be killed yeah right right oh that makes sense Um, yeah and then we get a weird post-credits scene where uh, alejandro's sister calls Justine and says like she found a GPS image of Alejandro in the jungle. Yeah. And we get this weird image of him like looking up at the sky and it looked uh, in Wikipedia it said he was like painted up like one of the village elders. I didn't catch that. Oh, I know he looked like kind of different. Like he was like kind of all covered in like black or something. Yeah. Uh, so that that's interesting. So the what they want you to think is that he'd end up becoming like one of the uh, so, someone in the tribe. I guess maybe that was unclear to me, but yeah. it, it, I don't think that really mattered that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a bummer we didn't get to see because like it, the the movie really turns you against Alejandro and you realize like how big of a douchebag this guy is, but you never really get to see him like killed or like he never like gets what's coming to him. Right. I would have liked it better, I guess, if we had seen seen him come to an unfortunate demise. Right. A grisly demise. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked that too. I think, I think that's kind of um, what you're waiting for. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of this movie, man? Uh, it was it was kind of fun. I mean, I went into it with, like, really low expectations and thinking it would be, like, a lot of uh, disturbing, like, gross stuff. And outside of that one scene uh, where they first eat the character, um, I thought it was, like, pretty tolerable for the most part in terms of gore. And then, like, a lot of the comedic and random elements they throw in really keeps it, like, fresh and uh, just unpredictable. And uh, even, like, these characters, which, like, are set up to be, like, pretty shallow... Uh, their interactions, I think, keeps the plot moving, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think the story just kind of like a, is paced really well, and the ac- action sequences are pretty good. And to your earlier point, like the lighting and the cinematography is great, and uh, yeah, it, I, I, I just kind of feel like it's it's a surprisingly good movie. What what did you think? Yeah, man, I, everything you kind of took the words out of my mouth here. Like everything you just said, I, that backstory at the beginning, like the. The first act, it was just like, the acting's not great here, and I don't care about the characters, but I think even the acting improved once the terror started. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said, the characters then seem more flesh fleshed out based on their reactions to things and how they were interacting with each other. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, he, he did. Um, and the gore effects were great too. I don't think we mentioned, but that was done by Howard Berger and Greg Nicotero, who are have done a number of mo- great movies. Um, but most notably, they do the effects for The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that stuff was great. The cinematography was good. Like Brian from the Blood Buddy said, it is a, a pretty movie. Right. Um, and I just think the, as we said before, the pacing was really good. Like, yeah, it kept you interested. The action kept th- things moving along um, without it feeling just like it was constant chaos at the same time. Right. Um, yeah. It it was surprisingly well done. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it is uh hey, did you uh ever like so I, I feel like the the bad guy in this one. I mean, uh how scary to you were the cannibals in this? I, I feel like we never really uh got too much into them or their personality or their characters and it was just like the threat of them being eaten that was like scary the whole time, but not necessarily the cannibals. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, I guess it wasn't necessarily scary, um, and I think the like makeup and stuff on the um, yeah the tribes people w- was good, sure, uh, or the villagers, whatever I should call them. Um, right. But yeah, I don't think it was really about them being the bad guy or the enemy. It was more just about like what is going to happen. Like yeah, the enemy almost was like what you we're picturing happening in your head to, to these people, especially after the, one of the first things we see is, uh, what's his name? Just get ripped apart and eaten. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the fear the whole time. Uh, right. Who's going to get cut up. Uh, yeah. I mean, do, do you kind of wish like they gave more character or more, uh, scenes or more scares like focused on, uh, the villagers or, or do you think that wasn't needed? I don't think that was needed. And I, and I think that there's some sort of, I think not doing that too helps justify Justine's ending where she lies about it and sure. says they took good care of her. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That makes and sense. And I think like it was a bit nuanced that way too because even though like this movie is a crazy over the top cannibal movie and it's you know kind of offensive in its very premise, but it adds mm-hmm. a bit more nuance that it wasn't like these people are straight evil like yeah that's true they were kind of likable at times i feel like joseph was a thought they were just like an adorable little village yeah yeah like between the kids and then like when they all got high and just yeah (laughs) and fun yeah yeah they kind of they kind of seem a little harmless which that's where i thought it was weird it's like these are supposedly the villains and uh but you're hanging out with them mostly in the daytime like most of this movie takes place in the daytime and so uh they never felt like too scary even though they were the ones killing and eating people Right. But, yeah. yeah. And I don't think this movie was about scary. It was about like that sick feeling in your gut. Yeah, sure. Sure. This is going to happen. That makes sense. It was about diarrhea. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but that, that's what you're saying. Cause I, I, the, like the way you said it, uh, yeah, the beginning like starts off and like, I feel like it almost lowers your expectations of the film, like given how bad the dialogue and some of the acting is. But then once things kick into gear and the plane crashes and you're stuck with a few people who are trying to survive, like the the quality of the movie really amps up and the dialogue and the events that unfold it just becomes like so unpredictable yeah yeah agreed it's it's a fun ride yeah yeah it is yep 
So uh, zero to five inconvenient bouts of diarrhea. What do you give this movie? <laughs> Compared to convenient bouts of diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, right. Those are okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd give this three and a half just because it was very watchable and uh, better than I thought it would be. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where I landed. How about you? Oh, man. I, I have a story I can't decide if I want to tell or not. <laughs> they don't want like all our listeners to hear. Yeah. Is it about? I'm going to tell it and then think on it. Is it about diarrhea? And I might like text you the night before we're supposed to release. Oh, shoot. <laughs> like, which is two days from now. Yeah. It's not necessarily about diarrhea, but they were cleaning the sewer systems in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they like flush it out, which causes pressure to come up through the pipes. And the water in our toilets shot with force out of the toilet. Oh, man. Like into the bathroom. Yeah. And in one of the toilets, it was just not a good situation. I will leave it at that. <laughs> oh, man. They should give you guys some kind of warning when they're doing that. Yeah, that's, I mean, it was it, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, yeah, I, like, called them and was like, um, do I know the next time this is happening? So now yeah. our policy is to just close, <laughs> close every toilet. Damn, yeah, yeah, seriously. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Explosion in the bathroom. Uh, sorry, man. What did you rate it? I was thinking oh. about my own poop story. I couldn't even focus. Uh, three and a half. What was, what three was and a half. That's what, yeah, that's what I gave it to. Okay, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. It's not, not incredible, but it was a lot of fun, and I'm really glad we watched it with a group. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I'm, I'm excited to see what the next movie is that we're going to do as a group. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll do another Netflix party, everybody, so keep your eye on uh, social media for that. Maybe like uh, Maybe next week from when you're hearing this. Yeah, it's so, a, it's a really fun group to watch a movie with. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a fun way to watch a movie. Yeah, and it's got to be the right movie too. Like I don't know that we can pick anything ultra serious. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, cool, man. Anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, that's all I got. All right, well, that is all for our episode on the Green Inferno, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, you can give us a five star rating on Apple, iTunes, or whatever it's called. Um, that helps other people find our show, and. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find our social links at horrormovieclub.com. Under social links, you'll also find a link to our Discord there where we're chatting with with buddies and listeners, and it's a good time chatting about movies and stuff. Uh, We announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter, so keep an eye out for that. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. We have a Patreon, too, patreon.com slash horrormovieclub if you want to support the show by giving us a buck every month or something and uh i think that's it so until next time if you're traveling abroad be sure to bring uh any piece of jewelry that might amuse a young cannibal and maybe some emodium too